how many springs does an official bowl have in it? How many springs? It doesn't have any springs in it. Why well, does it bounce then? It's air. There's air in the ball. Well, there's air in this room. How come this room ain't bouncing? Hey everyone, this is Chris at In, Out, and Over Tennis Podcast. Thank you to the beautiful soul, the one soul that's listening uh, to me right now. I feel very connected with you. This is my first recording, so I expect the audience to be a whopping zero, or potentially my wife will listen, but that doesn't matter. We're going to get rolling. We're going to build up a following over time. We are one day away from the French Open being complete, meaning that the finals, the men's finals are tomorrow. The women's finals were this morning, bright and early at around 5.30 or 6.30 Pacific time here in Vancouver. Uh, It was a pretty good match. Um, Even though I don't typically watch many women's matches, this one I have to say was pretty good and we'll get into it. Um, But why don't we start with the quarterfinals? And then we'll run up to the finals um, and make some predictions uh, and analysis for tomorrow's match. Um, Let's start with Carlos Carlitos Alcaraz Garfia. I actually did not know that Alcaraz's last name was Alcaraz Garfia. But as I pull it up, there is a Garfia. And I can understand why he does not go by that name. Alcaraz, much stronger name. He chose right. My mother calls him Alcatraz, which is even stronger, uh, in my opinion. So he might want to even consider being called that. But let's just go with Alcaraz for for now. And you know, the real great tennis analysis or analysts, there we go, on Tennis Channel, they call him Carlitos. They want to make it very clear that they actually know that his name is Carlitos and they've done their research. So you know what? I'm going to call him Carlitos too. Uh, anyway, his quarterfinal against Tsitsipas was, as you might expect, a destruction. Um, third set was a little bit tighter. Tsitsipas started playing better, hitting some shots. But ultimately, he was outclassed. Uh, I would say the, the big takeaway is that Alcaraz, not Alcatraz, well, maybe Alcatraz. Let's just say Alcatraz. It's Alcatraz. He has dismantled his opponents. Um, so far, leading into the semis, you know, he actually had a fairly tough draw, at least on paper. Musetti was playing very well. I thought that would be a tight one. But like Nadal did in the French Open, the scorelines are just, they're not even close. He beats his opponents 6-1, 6-3, 6-2, etc., etc. And uh, yeah, he's a killer. Like you just don't want you don't want to meet him in 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 the draw. He is completely legit, and unfortunately for Sitsipas, you know this is kind of his peak, and uh, he may slip in a slam if he gets an amazing draw, maybe even two. But he's just outclassed. So Alcaraz threw that one. Uh, Djokovic Hatchinoff, Hatchinoff's a good player, uh, no question about that. He won the first set. And then Joker find his, found his groove in that second set tiebreaker, won it uh, 7-0, and then uh, walked through the second and, or the third and the fourth set. The thing about Djokovic is that he does this every time, and he is a true champion. The guy is insane. He peaks always at the right time. He had a pretty crap 
uh, clay court season. He wasn't playing that well. I thought maybe he was hurt or he wasn't into it or age had caught up to him or whatever, but it wasn't, it wasn't great. Let's just be honest. And he starts to play better and better and better. And then right when he needs to, you get to the semifinals, the quarterfinals, going into the finals of the French. The guy is just like on top of it. He's peaking physically, mentally. And that's probably why he is about to win. In my opinion, he will win. Well, I think in most people's opinion, more slams than anybody in history. And will probably go down from a numbers perspective as the greatest tennis player ever. So anyway, he beat Kachanov. Um, so we'll get into that semifinal uh, match soon. But let's just go over the other quarters. Rune um, got beat by Rude. I think a lot of people were expecting Rune to win this one. I wasn't. Um, I thought that his that he got beaten up pretty good against um, what's his name? Oh my God, the uh, the Argentinian um, car starts with a C. Serlin Serlindu? No, Sir Serlindio. Ah, fuck it. Who cares? Anyway, the guy's been having an insane clay clay court season. Could have easily beat Rune. Rune squeezed through. Rune is definitely the more talented player between him and Rude. But Rude, even though, you know, I always thought he was pretty shit for the ranking that he's had, I have to give him lots of respect. The guy continues to win in the slams. And yeah, he had a good draw. And he's had some good draws in slams. But you can't knock him when he continues to get to the semis and the finals, etc. Et in the biggest tournaments in the world. So... Rune, I think, you know, you could see in some points as Rune started, you know, playing a little bit better towards the end. He has more shots. He has way more weapons. He's more talented than Rude, but Rude does his thing. He's super solid. And that match went to Rude. Zverev obviously beat Echeverry, but he didn't beat him as convincingly as I thought he might. I thought it would be three quick sets. Therefore, I actually had a feeling Zverev was going to shit the bed in the semis, which he did. Echeverry, obviously, you know, Argent, well, not obviously, but he's an Argentina, Argentinian young guy. Good, but come on, Zverev. Like, this should have been just like an absolute destruction. Anyway, so getting to the semis, let's just hit Rude and Zverev. Rude destroyed him. Uh, Zverev, it was completely embarrassing. Uh, he didn't even show up. I don't know why he does this sometimes. Like, he's he can be so good you know he seemed like the passion was flowing he was feeling it and then he comes out completely flat and completely blows a huge opportunity uh pretty disappointing the other semis okay this is what everyone was looking forward to this should have been the finals clearly but somehow you know this not somehow what we know how but the ranking system puts joker as number three, and Medvedev, Medvedev as number two, who doesn't even know how to run on clay. The guy slips everywhere. Yes, he won Rome. He got lucky once, but he's still, him on clay is a joke. Um, so it completely messed up the draw. Medvedev loses first round. Joker, as we know, continues to just roll through because that's what he does. And we have a semi that should have been a final. Um, first set's incredible tennis. Joker was... You know, he was zoning in the first and the second, and it just showed the type of skill level Alcaraz has to win that second. 
but then the cramps started coming. Obviously, you know, nervous tension, all the buildup, you know, your legs get tight, everything gets tight, things feel heavy, you're not moving, you're not, your circulation is off. And that's obviously why he cramped, you know, Alcaraz, two hard sets is not going to make that guy cramp up. He's a beast. So that was a little disappointing because after that, Joker just rolled through, well-deserved, and his fitness level and everything is just peak performance, so you got to give him credit. Um, but now we have a Djokovic-Rude final, and, um, you know, I don't know what the odds are, but obviously Joker is a huge favorite. I think it's going to be three sets. Maybe two of them will be fairly tight, possibly four. But Joker is going to take that. The only possibility is if Joker gets tight like he did against Medvedev in the U.S. Open final a couple of years ago when he was going for, for you know, four straight. And he self-admittedly said it just he was glad that the whole process was over after after playing one of the worst finals he's ever played because just too much weight and tension I don't think he'll feel that same sort of weight and tension. People aren't really talking about it as much like they were about the, what do you call it? The Grand Slam. What do you call it when it's UN four term? It's not just the Grand Slam. It's, I don't know what it's called. But, um, you know, this is, there should be, there should be some pressure here. It's obviously a Grand Slam final and it's for 23 slams, which would put him one ahead of Nadal as, you know, the most slams ever. So we'll see. But I think Djokovic, um, you know, he's just too good. He's too mentally strong. He's not going to collapse. He's going to win that match. Rude doesn't have any weapons to really hurt him. Unlike Medvedev, who move, whose movement can sometimes drive Djokovic crazy. Um, all right. So that's tomorrow. Uh, I need to get up super early for that one. I'm here in Vancouver, Pacific time. It's on at 530. I'll probably record it, actually. I'll record like the first hour. And then I'll kind of, you know, run through the first few sets pretty quickly. Um, the women's final was actually pretty good. Uh, Iga, I can never pronounce her last name. Um, let me try. Swiatek? 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 Anyway, Iga or Iga. I, I, don't, I can't even pronounce her first name. Is it Iga or Iga? Let's go with Iga. No, let's go with Iga. Anyway, um, she played Mukova, a fellow Czech. I don't actually speak Czech, but my mother's Czech, so I'm just going to go with, you know, me having some Czech in my blood. I was, I was rooting for Makova. I like her game. It reminds me of Justine Hennen a little bit. You know, she formulates points. She has a beautiful slice. She can hit through the ball. She has a strong serve. She's a, she is a complete, complete player in the women's game, which is rare, where it's mainly just kind of hard hitters, like a Sabalenka, you know, which is just like, to me, not very interesting to watch. But Iga, who's like a road runner, who just like is the fastest woman on the tennis court probably I've ever seen in Super Solid, just was a little bit too much. I think it was four all in the third set. I think Makova had game point, I believe, which could have changed things. But then Iga like won the next like five, five six points or something like that and won it. Um... So, yeah, so good for her. Um, I think she's kind of good for the... Actually, she's not good for the game, but at least being sponsored by On has helped her style a little bit. Like, let's be perfectly honest, when she was with A6 or whatever, it was pretty bad. 
And it's still like not great just because she doesn't wear things like that cool, but the clothes are cool. And me just, you know, loving Fed, like anything that Fed's associated with, I'm, I'm down for. So um, yeah, I don't mind the on, the on stuff. I actually, I'll probably buy a couple on things. Never got down though with the, um, with the, what the hell, with um, what's Federer's sponsor, the Japanese group, um, um, whatever that was, you know, when, when Fed left night, come on, I, I was disappointed. I almost cried. It was very sad for me. Um, but you know, he's still doing his thing and it was a smart move for him. So you can't really knock him. Anyway, any other drama in the French open? Let's think here. Um, I don't think much drama in the men's game. Um, you know, Rune was on pretty good behavior. I love Rune. I love his style. I love his attitude. You know, I don't I don't care if he pisses people off. He's a winner. Like good for him. But him and uh Rude, you know, they were pretty civil because I know they had a little bit of beef. I think um oh yeah, Svitolina not shaking any Russian or Belarus or Belarusian's hands after, you know, caused a little bit of drama. You know, I think people can argue if it's a good thing or a bad thing. Uh, I don't really have an opinion on it. I have opinions on most things, but it's just kind of her way of protesting the war. So I get it. And then Sabalenka, after beating her, went to the net waiting for Svitolina to come up. And I don't know what she was doing, to be honest. Shake her hand, give her a hug. But Svitolina made it pretty clear she wasn't going to do that with any Belarusians. So... I don't know if it was like a dig uh, at Svitolina, you know, Sabalenka played it off like, oh, she's so innocent and didn't know what was going on and just wanted to be friends. I kind of call bullshit, but um, whatever. It wasn't that big of a deal. Um, What else happened in the French? Um, Big news, huge news. Um, The non-tennis player. Naomi Osaka, Osaka, she is having a baby girl. Congrats to Naomi. Um, I personally cannot stand Naomi Osaka. She talks like she is literally a six-year-old. It drives me absolutely mental. It's kind of like, um, I don't really know... Um, how to answer that question, but um, yeah, I'm just really just trying to be supportive to young girls out there. Anyway, it is annoying as shit. I can't stand it. Um, but you know what? I I least like about what she's doing is just her nonchalantness to tennis, just in general. Like I love the game. I have a passion for the game. Someone in her position, I just hope that she would love the game, but she kind of treats it like a pastime. Doesn't really seem to care that much. And then she does claim she's coming in back to tennis, but no chance. No chance. She's on to other things, more self-indulgent, more narcissistic. Um, I personally think she's saying that for the money. Uh, I think a lot of her sponsors you know, would potentially go away if she's no longer considered 
quote unquote a tennis professional. Um, so I think she's kind of hanging on to that. You know, she'll toe that line for a while, but I don't see her really ever coming back to the game. Not that I really care, but uh, something to talk about. Anyway, so um, I think that's basically it. There's a lot of talk, lots to talk about. Um, I was just listening to a podcast with uh, the Nelk Boys, and they had David Grutman, Grutman, the Miami club guy, um, who's a huge, um, he loves tennis. If you follow him on Instagram, he posts about tennis all the time. And uh, he's collaborating with Prince, because um, I noticed he was wearing a lot of Prince, um, and they did a collaboration with Reigning Champ uh, for some Prince Reigning Champ gear. Reigning Champ is a local company here in Vancouver. I own tons of Reigning Champ. There's I probably own more Reigning Champ than any other guy in Vancouver. Um, it's a cool brand. And uh, anyway, I thought that was cool. I think that... Um, tennis gear, a lot like more interesting people from maybe outside of tennis that just have a love for the game, just from an amateur perspective, but are very creative people are kind of getting in the space, you know, they're, they're adding their creative vision to clothes and whatnot. You know, I'm, I personally, you know, I love fashion and, um, I just want to see more cool people designing more cool things, um, on the courts. So um, that would be cool and uh, pretty interesting, right? Not really, but something I saw. Oh, there was another article that um, a buddy of mine sent to me today uh, from either the New York Times or the Wall Street Journal. It was talking about Saudi and how they had so much money directly from like the royal family. So like oil money going into sports. We know about live, um, you know, and and their whole golf association and the recent partnership now with PGA, which which was crazy. We could talk about that for like an hour or longer. Um, and then, you know, signing big players like Ronaldo and trying to get Messi, Messi you know, for their soccer league, etc. Anyway, when it comes to tennis, you know, there is an opportunity or the potential for a Saudi-backed, tennis league to compete with ATP, I personally think that it's very possible. You know, these players, you know, are looking for larger paydays. I think there's probably other opportunities um, to um, create new revenue channels that aren't being achieved or really considered currently. Um, And I think they could create like a cool league. You know what I mean? Like it could be way cooler than how the than how the ATP is now because the ATP is kind of woke. You know what I mean? They're a big organization. They have to adhere like, you know, the ball kids. They can't be, you know, in Madrid when they had like beautiful women on the center court being ball girls like, you know, people were up in arms. And how could the ATP even allow that? You know, they forget that this is the entertainment industry. So I wouldn't be surprised if there is an alternative, you know, league to the ATP where the players could still play the slams because they are separate organizations. Like if I was a player and they were offering me $10 million to do that and I was making, you know, one and a half, you know, slogging around, playing a few challengers and, you know, getting to the second round of slams, like, of course, like, you know, you got to consider that, 
like I think a lot of people would take the money. I also think that after, you know, you know what the ATP did, I don't know if it's just the ATP, but what the world did to Djokovic um, and how they painted him as some sort of, you know, anti-vax demon who, who couldn't care less about, you know, your grandma and killing her when he's traveling around the world. Anyway, it was crazy. I wouldn't be surprised when he's done winning his 27, 28 slams, whatever it's going to be, you know, if he actually gets involved with creating a new league. We know that he's involved, you know, with the Players um, Association, the new kind of union or association representing the players for, you know, more pay um, for the revenue to go downstream a little bit further. Um, so more players that are 100, 200, 300 in the world can get paid. So I don't think he's married to the ATP, to be honest, uh, long term. So that might be a partnership uh, you'll see in the future. Anyway, these are just my thoughts. They are maybe meaningless, but they're probably right, in my opinion, because they are my opinion. All right, guys. That was fun for the uh, first episode here, and um, we'll get on again soon after the final, or if anything interesting happens in the world of tennis, you'll be hearing from me. Have a good one.